God bless your family. It's always a blessing to be here. I thank God for you. Uh, we are here doing online church again for the second week. And so I pray that you all are praying with me, praying for me. I'm praying for you all. I know that this coronavirus has us separated uh, for a short time. But we know that we will be back together again. So I truly love you and I thank God for you. And so we first of all, we want to pray for all of those who have been impacted by this coronavirus. So let us pray. Father God, we worship you and we honor you. We thank you, God, for this day, Lord, and every day that you have made, God, and we will rejoice and be glad in it, Father God. And God, we ask right now that you would bless this world, God. God, you know all things, God, and you know how many people are being hurt, not just uh, by being infected by the virus, but they are affected by losing jobs and pay, God, and separation from their family, God. And God, we ask, Lord, that you would just bless Christ-like church, that you would bless this message, that it may truly be a blessing to your people, Father God. And God, I'm asking right now that you would bless all those who are on the front line, God. God, all of the firemen and first responders, police officers, nurses, and doctors, God, everyone who is uh, a part of the healthcare system, radiology, God, even the uh, the custodians, God, the housekeepers, those who bring the food in from the cafeteria, God, to the sick patients, God, we ask that you would just bless them, God, and keep them, God. But, God, we ask that you would heal this land, Father God. And so, God, I love you, and I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles with you or your devices, we're going to be in Matthew, the sixth chapter. Verses 25 through 34, a very, very familiar passage of scriptures. <clears throat> and so this is what the word of God says. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more than food. And the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. 
Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. This is the word of God. So we want to speak from this subject today. Do not worry. Do not worry. And I know what you're saying. Pastor, it's easy for you to sit there and tell me not to worry. But it's not me. It's the word of God. This is Jesus teaching what we call the Sermon on the Mount. That's Matthew verses uh, chapters 5 through chapter 7. Jesus is teaching them all kinds of lessons on how to live, on how to uh, 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 pray, on, on money, and all kinds of things. And then he comes here to this passage that we just read, which is right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, therefore. So he's saying, don't worry. Therefore, do not worry. What were they worried about? Jesus knew that they were worried about money and the material things of this world. Because right before that, he, he tells them, he says, listen, you cannot have two masters. You cannot serve them both. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot because you're going to love one and despise the other. And he says, therefore, don't worry about it. Don't worry about money. Don't worry about what you're going to wear or what you're going to drink or what you're going to eat. Don't worry. And so we want to look at this because I want to show you some things about worry. Three reasons not to worry. But first of all, I want to show you the definition of worry. And this is what it says. To torment oneself with or suffer from disturbing thoughts, anxieties, troubles, or plagues. I mean, just the word alone is horrible. Now that I know what it means, I never want to worry again. Because worrying is torturing yourself. Who wants to torture their self? We do when we worry. Who wants to make themselves suffer or disturb our own thoughts with anxieties and troubles or plagues. We do when we worry. And Christ is saying don't worry. Because according to doctors. Worrying can cause illness. Worrying can make you sick. There's even a study that says that people who worry a lot. They look older. And I know we all trying to stay younger. We all trying to look young and stay as young as we can. But the more you worry, it creates more lines in your face and bags under your eyes. And Christ is saying, do not worry. It's unhealthy. It's not good for you. It's the worst thing for you is worry. So, so don't worry. We cannot worry, uh, even with this uh, uh, pandemic going on, we cannot worry about catching anything. This is why you have to practice safely. Practice all the rules, stay safe, continue to wash your hands, and do not worry. Here's the first reason why we should not worry, and that is because the Father is in control. If you don't know who God is, if I was you, I would get a relationship with God. 
But Christ Jesus says that we have a heavenly father. That's what he says. He says we have a heavenly father who takes care of nature. If God takes care of nature, won't he take care of you too? So he uses these examples. He says, our heavenly father who's in control, he feeds the birds. He feeds the birds. He says this, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. We have a heavenly father who takes care of all of nature. And it's not just birds. Listen, it's even the fields, the grassy fields. We have a father who clothes the field. He says this in 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, and is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? He says, your problem is you have little faith. See, many of us have enough faith to believe and be saved, but we don't have enough faith to know that God is in control, and that's why we worry. Our faith should be so big and our problems should be so small that we understand that our God is bigger than our small problems. But we'll let a small problem worry us until we're sick instead of just handing it to God. God is bigger than our problems and you have to have more faith. He uses the birds and he says that birds they don't sow they don't reap they don't plant seeds birds don't do anything they don't go and reap the harvest all they do is they wake up and they look down and find out that God has placed a meal for them they fly down and get it and bring it right back up but they don't go out and build a garden and reap it and plant seeds that's not what they do and he said if he'll feed them, won't he feed you? So don't worry about food. He says, don't worry about clothes. And these are the things that it's obvious that the people who he was talking to, his disciples and everyone around him, they were worried about these things. Because they evidently had more faith in making money to buy everything instead of just trusting God for it. Now, this doesn't mean be lazy. This doesn't mean quit your job, sit under the tree, and think that God's going to drop food in your mouth. That's not what he's talking about. He has given you health. You do have to go to work. You do have to get up. You do have to do things. But we don't put our hope and our faith and our trust in the money. We put our hope and faith and trust in God. And for clothes. The bare field, which is brown in the wintertime. All of a sudden, when spring comes, it looks full of beautiful colors because God has planted all of those plants in the middle of the field, and it looks beautiful. And he says, I clothe the field with beautiful flowers. So why are we worried when we have a father that's in control? Look what Psalms 115 and 3 says. 
It says, but our God is in heaven. He's in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. God is in control. He does whatever he wants, whenever he wants, because he's God and God alone. So remember, your father is in control. But also, here's another reason why you don't have to worry is because you are valuable to the father. Not only is the father in control, but you are valuable to the father. Look what he says. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? See, you're much more valuable than they are. The King James Version says that, that you're much better than them. Other ones say that you are more worthy than they are. Listen, I don't want to upset bird lovers. He's not saying that birds are worthless. He's saying that they are valuable, but we are more valuable than birds. And this should, this should bless your life that God knows and God says and Christ Jesus says that God believes and he knows that you're valuable. You are valuable to God. Now, I've been called a lot of things in my life. But nobody's ever called me valuable but God. And some of you have been called a lot of things. Maybe lazy. Maybe, maybe they said you're going to be nothing in life. You're not going to achieve anything. You're going nowhere. But God says this. Those who trust in Christ Jesus, those who are the children of God, he says you're valuable. And listen, I'm encouraged by that. That lets me know that every morning when I get up and when I go to work or when I come to worship or when I come in to do the work of the Lord here or wherever I am, I am valuable to God. God is in control. The Father is in control. But I am valuable to the Father. And he'll clothe me. He'll feed me. He'll bless me. He gives me shelter. Why? Because he is the perfect example for every father. Every father needs to know this, that a father's job is to provide. God is the example for fathers. If he provides for us, all of his children who trust in his son, then you too as a father should provide for your own children. I don't want to stay that long, but, but, but I thought that I would just let you know that if you are a father, your job is to provide like God who is a father who is in control. He provides for us. There is no excuse for not providing. I don't want you to say, hey, uh, well, my, my girlfriend is tripping or my baby mama is tripping. No, you still need to provide for your child no matter what's going on because God provides. He's providing for us right now and this time in our need. And God is still allowing our needs to be met. Listen. First Peter five and seven says this. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. That means that you're so valuable. He cares about you. Give all your cares to him. Give all your worries to him. Give all your anxiety to him. Give all your problems to him. Give all your stress. And God will take care of you. Why? Because you're valuable. Because he cares about you. God has your best interests in mind. 
He's not going to let you go without because you are a child of God and you're valuable to him. And I'm glad to say and I'm excited to say that my father in heaven is in control of everything no matter what's going on around me. And I'm glad that I'm valuable to him. And so he's in control. We are valuable. And here's a third reason why we should not worry. The father knows our needs. God knows everything. Look what it says. So do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things and our heavenly father knows that you need them. He's saying stop running after stuff that I'm going to provide for you. See when we run after those we're saying God we don't trust you to provide for us. We don't trust you to give us what we need. God knows what you need. He knows everything about us. He knows from the beginning to the end what you would need in life. Before you wake up, God is already providing. He never sleeps nor slumbers. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And, and, and I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. God is a provider. He knows what we need. Matthew 6 and 8 says this. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. That's just like God. He's always making a way. He's always preparing. He's always working things out. For the good of them who love him. Here's the question. Do you love him? If you love him, do you serve him? And if you serve him, do you give him all the glory? And if you give him all the glory, he will work everything out. Why? Because he's in control. You're valuable. And he knows your needs. Even in the midst of this pandemic, you're still valuable to God. He's still in control. And he knows everything that we need. He, he knows it all. He's an all-knowing God. He's an all-seeing God. He's an all-caring God. Because we belong to him. So listen. If God's going to provide our needs. If God's going to do all that. I know what you're saying. Then what should I do? I'm glad you asked. Jesus answers that for us. He says this. But seek first his kingdom. See, if God is going to provide all of our needs, now we need to pay attention and put all of our efforts into seeking God and his kingdom. Christ Jesus says, now that God has taken care of your needs, you know that he, he, he's, he's trustworthy and he'll do all this for you. This is what you should be doing. You should not be worrying. Your mind shouldn't be on the material things of this world. But you should be seeking first his kingdom. What does that look like? That just simply means turn to God first. 
Stop wasting time turning to this person and that person and trying this remedy and going there instead of just going to God first. Go to him first. Seek him first. Seek his kingdom first. That means we put God first in everything in our life. In our marriages, in our relationships with our children, we seek God first in everything. On our job, he's first in our finances. He's first in our home. He's first in our heart. When we wake up in the morning, he should be the first name to come off our lips and say, good morning, God. Thank you for waking me. God, today, watch over my family. Do you put God first in your life? We should seek him. We should seek him. We should learn to rely on God. We should learn to trust in God because he should be first in our life. Seek his kingdom first. Many of us put the kingdom last. Because why in many churches, there are only a few people working behind the scene because only a few people are putting the work of the kingdom ahead of everything else. We put all of our stuff before God and then we decide, okay, maybe later I try to do something for God. No, the kingdom comes first. He's number one in our life. His kingdom is number one in our life. And if his kingdom is number one, that means the king is number one. The king is Christ Jesus who sits on the throne. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. To put God first in your life means that he rules over your life. He reigns over your life. We must put him first. He's first in our life. He's first in our life. Don't be like the woman with the issue of blood. It says that she tried all of the doctors. She went to all of the priests. She spent all of her money and she was empty. She was broken and she decided to try Jesus. If she had tried Jesus first, she wouldn't have wasted a whole lot of time and she'd have some money in her pocket. Seek God first. Seek God first. And you won't have to worry about wasting time and people giving you bad advice. Seek God first. But, but hold on. It's not just seeking him first. There's an and there. That means that it's joining these things together. So he says this. This is what you need to be doing. But seek first his kingdom and what? And his righteousness. See, when you seek his righteousness, it's not just his kingdom. We don't just come and say, okay, God, I want to do great things in your kingdom. I want to put your kingdom first. I want you to rule over my life. He's not really the ruler if you're not living up to his righteousness. You have to seek his righteousness. What does that look like? His character. We should... Act like Christ and walk like Christ and talk like Christ and live like Christ. Think of everything that Christ done. Christ went around loving everybody, even his enemies. He was so righteous that he loved his enemies. Even when they came after Judas betrayed him and they came to seize him and Peter cut off one of the servants' ear, Jesus Heal the man, put his ear back on. Why? Because he's righteous. We should do all that we can to live righteously to others and to the people of the kingdom. We have to even live a holy and a righteous life in the presence of our enemy. 
Because God is righteous. And we should be holy. Why? Because he's holy. So we got to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Uh, his character should be on us. His ways. His holiness. His life. We should walk like the Savior. Act like the Savior. Be a blessing to those who are in need. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And then watch this. All these other things will be given to you. See, while pagans are running after those things, Christ says, if you run after God's kingdom and run after God's righteousness, if you seek his kingdom and his righteousness, you don't have to run after those things. I'll just give those things to you. They'll come to you. Why are we chasing material things when God says, if you run after me, you got to seek me while I may be found. If you run after me, then I will give all those things to you. Stop chasing clothes and money and material and food. God's going to provide for you. He's going to give it all to you. It'll come to you. God's a provider. He's a great father. And then look what he says in verse 34. Therefore... Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. He's saying this. He's not saying don't plan for the future or don't plan for tomorrow. That's just good sense to plan for the future or plan for tomorrow. He says don't worry about it. See, if you seek God and his kingdom and his righteousness today, then God will take care of tomorrow. Then when tomorrow get here, it's today. Then you seek his kingdom and his righteousness today, and God will take care of tomorrow. He continues to take care of tomorrow if you seek him in this day. Stop wasting time seeking other things in the future and seek God right now and he'll bless your tomorrows when you seek his righteousness and seek his kingdom first. So listen, I pray that this lesson has blessed you. I pray that it has found you in a good place. But if you haven't learned anything from this lesson, here it is. Don't worry. Just trust God. Stop worrying even about the virus that's causing so many problems in our life. Last week we talked about don't fear. Still don't fear. But you say, well, Pastor, I'm not fearing. I'm just a little worried. Don't be worried. Worrying will make you even sicker. Worrying makes people feel like they have the symptoms. The more they hear the symptoms, they start saying, I think I got a fever. I, I think I got a little cough going on. I, I, I got a headache. I have this going on. I have that going on. And it'll make you think you're sick. Why? Because worry is making you sick and it's trouble on your soul. The Greek word for worry means to be pulled apart. Worry will tear you apart because you're worrying. Don't worry. Trust God in all things. And so may God bless you 
And may God keep you. And listen, I pray that this message has blessed someone. Please, please, don't be worried. Just trust God. And to our children's church, we love you. We haven't forgot about you. Every parent will receive an email for a lesson for their children. Sit down, spend time, learn about the Lord with your children, and be blessed. So until we meet again, God bless you, and I love you. Thank you.